Hi, this is Tony Campolo from the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. We call this uh, show the Across the Pond for obvious reasons. We put it together on the east coast of the United States, specifically at Eastern University and Cabrini University, two Christian schools located just on the outskirts of Philadelphia. Cabrini is a Roman Catholic school. Eastern has Baptist roots. Both are very committed to Christian social justice. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do this show without the cooperation of these two universities. Eastern is a fine liberal arts school, and uh, many people from other countries, like the United Kingdom, come and study at Eastern because we have a variety of unique majors, one specifically that I really enjoy, and we have a major that trains people to go to third-world countries and urban situations in, in cities like Philadelphia and and uh, New York, where there are poverty pockets, and um, start ministries wherein uh, indigenous people are trained to start and run businesses. Uh, we find that the only real answer to poverty is to create jobs. And so we started this major that uh, helps people to develop small businesses that people with very little education can own and run themselves thus escaping poverty. If you want to know more about this program, why don't you write to me, Tony Campolo, Eastern University, 1300 Eagle Road, St. David's, Pennsylvania, 19010, excuse me, 19087. Or you can just go to my website, TonyCampolo.org. Write to me, and why not consider coming and studying how to go to a missionary situation whether it's in urban uh, United Kingdom, urban uh, United States, or specifically, and most usual, a third world country. Uh, we've started uh, so many businesses with young men and women that have graduated from our program that we can now brag about having created somewhere around 250,000 jobs in third world countries. Uh, can you imagine that? Uh, 250,000 uh, jobs, small businesses created by indigenous people that indigenous people own and run themselves. It's the only real answer to poverty. Um, Eastern University, that's where I teach. That's where Shane uh, Claiborne uh, graduated and where he still hangs around. Um, he's on the road right now. He's on the road most days these, these months and years. He's become a, one of the most famous speakers in, a, in the world right now. He's, um, he's big time. Um, I'm very proud of him. Well, today uh, on this show, Across the Pond, uh, which highlights red-letter Christians. Uh, did you ever hear that term, red-letter Christians? It's a term that we are using here in the United States for people who refer to the red letters of the Bible. You know, you get some of the old Bibles, the words of Jesus are highlighted in red. And we're saying it's about time that we take the words of Jesus seriously. Uh, what would happen if we really obeyed what Jesus wants us to do? And Jesus one time said, you are my disciples if you do whatsoever I command you. And yet very few people who, who are Christians do what Jesus asked them to do. He said, you want to be my disciples? Sell all you have, give it to the poor, take up the cross and follow me. That's exactly what St. Francis of Assisi did. And that's why the Red Letter Christians movement 
and makes uh, St. Francis its patron saint. We, we think he, he was the ultimate expression of somebody who lived out what we now call the red letters of the Bible. We're using the term over here for a very simple reason, and that is the word evangelical uh, has accumulated a lot of uh, baggage that is pretty negative. So if I go to a place like uh, Johns Hopkins University or Harvard University to speak and they introduce me as an evangelical, the red flags will go up. People will say he's an evangelical, therefore he must be uh, anti-women. He must be opposed to gay people. He must be anti-environmentalist. He must be a, a member of the National Rifle Association. He, he must be uh, somebody who's opposed to Im- immigrants. And they go on uh, saying these negative things. And we say, wait a minute, that's not who we are. Uh, that's not who we are. Well, you're an evangelical. Well, that's what evangelical has come to mean in the popular nomenclature of the day. And when you say evangelical, uh, coming to people's mind is pro-Trump. I mean, you people on the other side of the pond in the United Kingdom uh, must be aware that uh, in the last election, 81% of people who called themselves evangelical and who were white voted for Trump. 81% of white evangelicals voted for Trump. And therefore, the Trump agenda has become the agenda of evangelicalism. The leading voices of evangelicalism in the United States are in this ilk. Uh, You think of uh, Franklin Graham. You think of uh, uh, Reverend Jeffers of of, uh, First Baptist Church in in Dallas, Texas. Uh, You you talk about Pat Robertson. You talk about the leading voices of American evangelicalism, and they are strong supporters of Trump. And you people on the other side of the pond are saying, wait a minute, friends. Wait a minute. Uh, Are you one of those people, Camp Polo? Hey, Shane Claiborne, are you one of those evangelicals? Well, this needs to be said. We do believe that the Bible was inspired by the Holy Spirit and that the writers uh, were kept from making errors. Uh, Secondly, we believe that salvation comes from having a personal uh, transformative relationship with the resurrected Jesus. We think that the same Jesus who died on the cross, is resurrected, is alive in, the world, alive in the world today, and that anyone who invites Christ into their lives can have a personal relationship with his spiritual presence, with the presence of Christ, and that will transform them if they invite Christ to be a living presence within them, changing them into what God wants them to be. We're evangelicals in the sense that we believe uh, the doctrines of the Apostles' Creed. So you say, well, that's what evangelicals believe. It's not the beliefs of evangelicals here in the United States that trouble us. It's the politics. Uh, We don't think that the Jesus we read about in Scripture um, is into the billionaire lifestyle of Donald Trump, which evangelicals are embracing with great enthusiasm. We don't believe that the Jesus of Scripture is anti-immigrant since he himself was an immigrant. As you know, he he fled to Egypt under the persecution of of Herod and— if they had put up barriers at the wall, what would have happened to Jesus? Uh, so uh, he, he, we, we're not opposed to immigration. We are uh, committed to racial reconciliation. We are committed to programs that will eliminate poverty. We are uh, committed uh, to uh, being pro-women. We are not about to condemn gay and lesbian people. Uh, we affirm them as brothers and sisters. Um, we uh, we don't buy into the political agenda. Uh, 
of the religious right, which has, uh, uh, among white people, become the hallmark of evangelicals. So Red Letter Christianity, there's another one to find out about. Go out, go to your uh, computer, log on to redletterchristians.org and find out about this organization. There's a place where you can sign up and say, hey, I want to be a Red Letter Christian. You know, in the 20th century, uh, there was a great emphasis on being theologically orthodox. And so we reaffirmed the doctrines that we found in the writings of the Apostle Paul. But in the 21st century, this Red Letter Christians movement is now saying it's time to pay attention to the words of Jesus. And as I said earlier, the words of Jesus in many of the old Bibles are highlighted with red letters. That's where we get our name. Are you ready to take Jesus seriously? Go to the website. Check out redletterchristians.org. Now, I'm going to talk about something that is really uh, quite intriguing, to say the least. There is a movement that has started in the uh, Roman Catholic Church that has great possibilities for spiritual renewal all over the world. These people who are Roman Catholics are called people of the way. The way is the name of the organization. It was started back in 1954 in, uh, in Madrid, Spain, a man who was a house painter and uh, got turned on to Christ. And he linked up with a, uh, a theologian. Um, the man was a painter and a part-time musician. He used to go and play his guitar and sing in, in bars, uh, in pubs, as you would call them in the United Kingdom. And he got this thing going. Uh, his name was Francisco Agula, Agullo. I probably am not saying it right, but it's spelled A-R-G-U-E-L-L-O. And uh, he got together with this theologian, um, Carmen Hernandez, and they started this thing called The Way. Uh, Francisco, uh, often referred to just by the name Kiko, that's his nickname and how he's known throughout the world now, uh, became involved with a family in the slums of Madrid wherein the uh, wife was constantly being beaten by her husband. Uh, this woman had nine children. They were living in a shack. This uh, husband was uh, brutalizing not only her but the children. He ended up moving in the fa- into the house with the family just to protect the women and the children. And uh, he began ministering to them in the name of Jesus. He began sharing Scripture with them, praying with them, making sure that the kids went to church. It changed him. It altered his life. He, uh, he joined up with um, this theologian that I was uh, mentioning, uh, uh, Carmen Hernandez, and they started the movement, uh, a movement wherein small groups of people come together, study Scripture, study the doctrines of the church, and then here, here's the important part, the really important part. They start going door-to-door in the community. They do door-to-door evangelism. I mean, the idea of Roman Catholics doing door-to-door evangelism, whoa, that's a new one. Uh, I always thought that that was something that the Jehovah Witnesses did. Uh, I thought that was something that groups like Campus Crusade, now referred to as crew, uh, they don't use the word crusade crusade anymore because uh, the Muslims uh, get their backs up the minute you use the word crusade. 
but crew and Jehovah Witnesses, they've been going door to door trying to win people to Christ for years. But now stepping into the gap of uh, needed ministry, stepping into the gap are Roman Catholics. Um, There are uh, now 6,000 parishes worldwide that have these groups of Christians, groups of Roman Catholics who do door-to-door evangelism. Um, There's more than a million adherents in those 6,000 parishes. So this is no small movement. Let me say it again. Throughout the world, there are a million Roman Catholics in 6,000 different parishes going door-to-door trying to bring people into a good relationship with Jesus. They are not out to proselytize. This is very important. You know, if they run across a Protestant country, family, they are there to do one thing, and they'll say this. We're not here to get you to join the Catholic Church. We're here to do this. We want to tell you how Jesus Christ has changed our lives. We want to t- explain to you the incredible transformation that we've experienced under the influence of Christ being a living presence within us. They just testify. Um, you know, when Jesus said, bear witness, he didn't say yell at people, scream at people, preach at people. He said, simply go out and tell people what I've done in your life. Well, that's what these Roman Catholics, some million of them in 6,000 parishes around the world are doing. They're just saying, this is the change that has taken place in my life, in our lives, because of Jesus Christ. And they're all over the place. Uh, they, um, they create problems because uh, most uh, Roman Catholic parishes are, I, I don't want to say this in a judgmental way, but are rather staid and dull, <laughs> and uh, there's not much happening. There's not much energy there. Oh, there's a few that are into the charismatic movement, and they get kind of energized and alive. But for the most part, uh, church is kind of mundane. And into a given parish come about uh, 15 to 20 of these uh, people of, quote-unquote, the way, that's the name of the movement, uh, who are doing door-to-door evangelism. It shakes up the parish. The local priests, who pretty much take it easy, you know, they perform mass, uh, they do funerals, they do weddings, they do all the rituals of the church. But the idea of going out and evangelizing, as Jesus told his disciples to do, the idea of going out door-to-door and trying to bring people into a relationship with Christ, trying to encourage people to get connected to their church— Even if it's a Protestant church, these Catholics are saying, we want you to go to church. We want you to get in touch with Jesus. You can imagine some priests who are taking it pretty easy are upset by these people. As a matter of fact, in many places, they are openly condemned. Condemned for spreading the word of God. Condemned for going door to door to try to get people alive in Christ, to try to get people back into church. They are condemned. Um, For instance, uh, in Japan, the Council of Bishops of Japan have openly condemned these people who are part of the movement called The Way. Uh, and they say they, they violate the Japanese culture by going door to door. They are upsetting people. I have to remind the bishops of Japan that that's what was true of the early Christians. If you read the book of Acts, you will find that in the book of Acts, this is said, wherever the disciples went, and I'm quoting right out of the book of Acts now, quote, The people who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Check it out in your Bible. It's in the book of Acts. I believe it's in the 10th chapter. 
that the early Christians were known as people who were disruptive. Uh, they did exactly what these uh, Catholic Christians are doing today, people of the way. They, they were going door to door. They were winning people to Christ. And uh, the religious establishment in the cities where they went were upset by these people. They were disturbing the status quo. They were upsetting the equilibrium of the uh, uh, generalized religion of the community with this new enthusiastic message about a Christ who, if you surrender to his spirit, can transform and make you into new people. The zeal of these Catholics is uh, in contrast to the Roman Catholics who come to Mass faithfully, um, go to confession, do all the things at the church, but there isn't much energy or excitement running among the Catholics. I always uh, admired the even though I don't agree with them, I've always admired the Jehovah Witnesses uh, doing their zealous thing of going door to door, trying to win converts. I've always admired uh, the young men and women who are in the campus crusade, now called crew, uh, going door to door, trying to win people to Jesus Christ. But it wasn't what mainstream Protestant churches did. Well, it's happening in the world today, but interestingly enough, the greatest movement of this door-to-door evangelism is not in the evangelical Protestant community. It is, of all places to surprise me, in the Roman Catholic community. Let me repeat the figures. Over, uh, over 6,000 parishes have groups like this, and um, over, uh, over a million adherents of this movement are out doing it. I'm speaking particularly of a couple that's in Philadelphia. Jose and Maribel Martin. Let me repeat the names. Jose and Maribel Martin. Born and raised and lived in, uh, in Madrid, Spain. And they got caught up in the movement. And then came to Philadelphia, get this, as missionaries. We usually don't think of missionaries coming to the cities of the United States. But that's what they are. They're missionaries in, uh, in the United States. They're part of a parish in the Liberty section of Philadelphia, and they are doing this door-to-door evangelism work. Jose and Maribel Martin can testify as to how Christ has changed their lives and how this movement has changed them radically. Now, let me just say, they're not a group of people that are going off half-baked. They have actually, the people of the way, that's what this movement is called, as I said several times, have established a 100 seminaries to train people to join this movement, 100 different seminaries. Uh, As I say, this is upsetting a lot of uh, Catholic leaders. Uh, They don't know what to do with these lay people who have a greater zeal for Jesus than the priests of the area do, who uh, are more concerned about winning converts than the priests of the church are uh, are into. So you can imagine what's going on here. And uh, They are doing this stuff all over the world. I mentioned that uh, uh, criticisms have been leveled at this movement by bishops in the United Kingdom, bishops in England, in Italy. Uh, Wherever they go, they are creating creating upset because they come with enthusiasm and zeal. If you join uh, this movement, not only do you get trained at one of their seminaries, uh, you know, it's not a long training session, But then you have to constantly be in study groups that meet every Wednesday evening and then uh, go to Mass on Saturday 
Uh, you say, why do they go to Mass on Saturday? That's because they want to be free on Sunday to go and knock on doors of people who don't go to church. And that's the way to find out who doesn't go to church, to go door to door uh, on Sunday morning. And they've been doing this, and they've been doing it well. Um, the movement is, uh, is uh, very, very uh, powerful. As a matter of fact, uh, Archbishop Michael Jude Burns in Guam, the island of Guam, which is now almost a separate nation in the middle of the Pacific, um, has barred uh, the people of the way from practicing their faith uh, within, uh, within Guam. I mean, imagine an archbishop saying, we don't want people going around door-to-door talking about Jesus. We don't want people going around door-to-door uh, trying to revitalize the faith and getting people to go to church again. The, the bishop should be opposed to this. Boggles my mind. But let me just say there's something going on in Catholicism today that we haven't been paying attention to, especially those of us who are in the Protestant church. We don't think of Catholics going door-to-door and doing evangelism, but around the world there are a million evangelicals uh, who, I use the word very loosely now, who are evangelizing people uh, in Catholic parishes uh, all over the world. It's, it's important to know and it's important to find out about. I'm sure if you go to your computer and check it out, you'll find information, but if you're Roman Catholic, why not get involved in a movement that is transformative? It'll transform your life. The people who are in the movement, the million-plus Christians who are part of this movement, talk about how Christ is more real. They feel his presence uh, more now than they ever thought was possible. And for all of this, I say, hip, hip, hooray. Well, this is Tony Campolo. I'm I'm here all alone today. Usually Shane Claiborne is on the show with me, and we do the show together. But Shane has become such a popular speaker that sometimes he misses shows, and he's missing this show, and he'll miss the next couple of shows because he's out somewhere in the world preaching. I think he's over in Europe, actually. Uh, He's become uh, one of the hottest speakers on the circuit these days. Uh, Shane Claiborne, and incidentally, let me plug his book, uh, The Irresistible Revolution which is uh, uh, in its uh, new printing, an updated version. You can get it at a religious bookstore or you can order it online from Amazon. The Irresistible uh, Revolution by Shane Claiborne. Uh, May I say that this book has been responsible for transforming lives of so many people. About a month ago, I was um, over in uh, England uh, doing some speaking on behalf of uh, the Newbigin House in Birmingham, uh, a program led by Ash Barker. And uh, uh, he's one of the highlight Christians of the United Kingdom. And joining me there was a young woman from Germany. She had read Shane Claiborne's book, The Irresistible Revolution, was so moved that she adopted the radical lifestyle of Jesus. The kind of lifestyle that St. Francis of Assisi espoused himself and spread in medieval uh, Europe. This young woman, I mean, I met her. She's a very attractive, vivacious young woman from Germany. Uh, She said, after I read the book, I started a church that met on Sunday mornings in a bar, in a pub, as you would call it there in the United Kingdom, on Sunday morning. Since the Germans have no problem drinking beer, the owner of the bar was thrilled to have 75 to 100 people squeezed into his bar drinking beer on Sunday morning uh, as they worshiped God and studied Scripture. 
I said, well, you started a church? In reality, this woman, under the influence of the book, The Irresistible Revolution by Shane Claiborne, has started 43 churches. She has a staff of 15 ministers working with her, uh, serving these uh, churches all over Frankfurt, Germany. So uh, great things are happening. And the Catholic Church, great things are happening because of Shane Claiborne's book, The Irresistible Revolution. I can plug it forthrightly right now because he's not here. He would probably object uh, because he's a humble guy. But um, he's a very important voice in Christendom today. Well, I've come to the end of the show. I can't believe that the time has fled so quickly, but it has. And uh, I want to thank you for listening. Go to your website. Check out the way of this Catholic movement. But more important, so far as I'm concerned, is check out redletterchristians.org. That's the movement that Shane and I are propagating, a movement that calls upon Christians to take Jesus seriously, to live out his work and his will in the world, and to bear witness wherever they are that Jesus Christ is alive, changing lives, transforming people in the world today. Bless you folks over there on the other side of the pond, and thanks for listening today. This is Tony Campolo saying, may the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you, and give you his peace. Amen.